poor Melvin do? He like just wanted to have a good, fun vacation and literally got sucked into all this garbage. Hello. Hi, guys. Welcome back. It's really, it's good to hear your voice again. It's good to see you again. It's good to all be in the same room. I know. Hanging like, out. Just chilling as if we're not living through a historical moment. Yeah. I just want to like get this out of the way. I just want to say it immediately off the bat. Please leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs> Please. Yeah, we would absolutely love if you wrote us a little review. It's super helpful. It's how people find us. It's something that'll help us get some sponsors. If you're enjoying this content, we would absolutely love it if you left us a little written review on Apple Podcasts. I would just be going crazy. I would be off the wall if you would do that for us. If you leave us a little review, maybe we'll like give you a shout out in the episode. Oh, yeah. We Oh, we could like pick a 2000 song that would play in the montage part of a movie about your life. That would be fun. Ooh, I like I like the way your brain is working yeah. right now, Christina. We got to incentivize the people, you know? Agreed. Um I can I'll write you a love letter. Ooh, that's Yeah, fun. I'll do something spicy. <laughs> and Christina will do something wholesome. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes us the amazing duo that we are. Hell yeah. Sugar, spice, and everything nice. Before we get into today's episode, there's something that we have to mention which quite literally made me scream last night. It's insane. I'm just editing the next episode. I open Instagram because we get a notification and it's that one of our pictures got a new like. I check to see who it is. (sighs) It's Mr. Corrado. Brother. Mr. Corrado. Brother. That means he's checking like did you tag him, actually? Did you tag him? I did. I did. Okay. Because I was going to say, <laughs> that means he's, like, checking, like, sleepover tags on yeah. his Instagram. But no, he was he is just straight up tagged. Yeah. But I was absolutely shook. And if you have listened to that episode, you know how much I love him and how hard I thirsted over him. <laughs> so the fact that he, in some way, has some knowledge that I'm a person oh, yeah. in the world, I'll, I'll never get over it. I'll never get over it. I know. I was shaken to my core when you told me the news i was happy for you i was like when's the wedding i mean he may already be married and have a child with somebody else but that doesn't mean that he's not my soulmate no exactly exactly we also do have to shout out the girl that played yancey she also liked our post that was just like a beautiful moment i like looked through her instagram and i was like oh my god I was like, oh, my God, you are just, like, a kind human. Like, actually, I don't even know her, but in my head, I'm like, you are Yancey. Like, Yancey is you. Yeah, we stand Yancey on this podcast. Of course. Big fans. Should we we dip a little pinky toe into, honestly, there's so much controversy. Like, not really, I guess some surrounding the movie, but, like, we have, like, so much tea to spill before we get into the actual movie that we're doing. Yeah. So today we are doing the 2002 classic live action Scooby-Doo. Uh, a stinking pop. <laughs> this movie is really something. And we cannot talk about this movie without talking about Scoob that came out this year, which Mm-mm-mm. I personally have chosen to boycott. I would agree normally on any on any other 
typical day, I would say. We must boycott, and for good reasons, which we will get into. But there is an extremely star-studded cast. Really, the only one I care about is Zac Efron, okay? I just need to, I will fast forward through every other part of the movie, but I want to hear all of Zac Efron's parts because he plays Fred. Yeah, I mean, if somebody handed me a compilation of just all of Fred's parts in the movie, I would probably watch that. Good. But I will not pay any money to it, and I will not see the full-length film. (laughs) And the reason is because, so, like, there was a bit of drama when, like, casting was announced because Matthew Lillard, who plays Shaggy in the 2002 movie and has been playing Shaggy on the cartoon, was not cast and also was not informed of the casting until it was made public. Insane to me. And you're not even going to, like, give him a courtesy call? Like, that's so fucked up. Matthew Lillard is an incredible, just transformational actor. If you've ever seen the original Scream, he does a beautiful job. It is incredible. Yeah, it's a huge loss. It's such a shame. Like, no shade to Will Forte because it's not his fault, but... To the casting directors, the studio execs that decide to, like, fuck him over, I'm not happy about it. Go to hell. Yeah, it's just really sad, honestly. Like, I feel so bad for Matthew because he was super torn up about it and was, like, very open about that in the press. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah, we have a really long tweet. I think it was a tweet. Actually, this is too long to be a tweet. It is an (laughs) excerpt from an interview. We won't read the whole thing. It's just basically what we summarized. But I was like, oh, my God. It was just so disheartening to hear. Yeah. Hollywood is a ruthless place, kids. Yeah. For those reasons, I will not be seeing Scoob. I also just think that the movie, like, does not look good. Yeah. For those reasons, we will be chopping Scoob. But the 2002 film is what we really came here to talk about today. Mm Mm-hmm. As I was watching it, I realized there were so many more innuendos than I noticed when I was a kid. Like, watching it now, you would almost think it's a parody of the Mm Scooby-Doo cartoons. But it's not. Like, it's not. Parody isn't in the title. It's, like, nothing like that. Yeah, they really, like, take it to new heights, I think. And that's why I'm so curious to see what the original script was. Because they toned down so much of the humor to make it more, like, family-friendly. But yeah, it's very absurd, but in a way that is aged, like, well, not because, like, the jokes are timeless, but just, like, with the way that humor is now with, like, internet culture, I feel like it's very in keeping with the absurdity of memes. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, like, just that Spongebob era time with, like, so much, Mm -hmm. like, physical comedy and, like, the way lines are delivered. I feel like now comedy is really deadpan or, like, Mm -hmm. storytelling-based. But I feel like people just used to, you know, laugh. People used to just laugh in the early 2000s. Yeah, we were all just, like, throwing shit at the wall and seeing what stuck. Yes. But to comment on what you were saying earlier, it was supposed to be either rated PG-13 or rated R. Um, but they, like, they literally... This is so crazy to me. They CGI'd over boobs, like, the cleavage area. They took out a lesbian kiss between Daphne and Velma, which I'm like, what? Like, I literally just passed out. I was disoriented. Um, <laughs> I just wonder... I want that original copy, you know? I want to see mm-hmm. the original. Oh, yeah. I would love to. And, like, we did see some of the deleted scenes, but they didn't show any of, like, the stuff that was men- that's was been mentioned in, like, interviews that they cut. Yeah. And, you know, we, of course, have to talk about Sarah Michelle Gellar, Freddie Prince Jr., the Zanessa of the 90s, like... 
100%. Beautiful couple. Still together to this day. They have kids. They seem very happy. Oh, yeah. I, I look at their Instagram. I'm like, you go. You go, girl. Yeah, I'm like, you did it right. I had the biggest crush on Freddie when I was a kid. I loved She's All That. I thought he was, like, so cute. Yeah, I saw She's All That, and I was like, what? A pre-Chad Michael Murray? And I was very excited. But I never watched Buffy. Like, I don't really know a lot of her work. Yeah, I never saw Buffy either. I wanted to watch it during quarantine, but then I instead I started rewatching One Tree Hill. And oh I've since, gosh. like, abandoned that. <laughs> but one day, one day I'll watch Buffy. I know it's, like, an important cultural phenomenon that I gotta see. All right, Mo, shall we dive right in? Yeah, let's get a little, let's get a little cannonball going. I don't even mm. want to dip a toe, and I just want to yeah. jump right in put there. my head underwater and just, like, crawl my way up back to the surface, <laughs> snot dripping from my nose, <laughs> chlorine in my eyes. I love it. <laughs> okay, picture it. Clouds are rolling through. It's a dark night. Reggae music is left lingering from the original (laughs) intro. We're at the Wow-O Toy Factory. It's the case of the Luna Ghost. This bitch looks like a fucking, it's like the head of like a joker, but it's like a stuffed (laughs) plush animal. A plush stuffed animal. Um, She is just taking Daphne for a ride all over the damn factory. He, like, slaps her ass. Meanwhile, Velma talks to Fred on, like, a walkie-talkie, and she's like, listen up. We're going to do the plan. Let's hit it. Meanwhile, Shaggy and Scooby are hiding in a barrel, simply quaking in their boots. The plan the plan is all fucked up. They mess it up. And Shaggy and Scooby end up, like, skateboarding to try to get away. They land on a conveyor belt after skateboarding, okay? It looks like a depth trap. But they escape being crushed and crash into the ghost, like, just coincidentally. And that saves Daphne. The ghost falls into a bunch of toy dolls. And then suddenly, out of fucking nowhere, the mystery machine crashes through the factory. And it's driven by Pamela Anderson? (laughs) I'm questioning everything. Yeah, there's, like, so much that happens in the first five minutes of this movie. It's really shocking. Yeah. And then, like, a huge crowd of, like, young kids like tweens and a news crew show up and like the kids are fawning over fred like he's on the cover of teen beat magazine and then pamela anderson thanks them for saving her factory where she's making her ecological action figures it's so specific yeah and then they ask fred like how he did it and he says that the secret to their success is teamwork and that he always has a plan meanwhile Vemo's like excuse me, what the fuck am I? Chopped Beyond Burger over here, just chilling in the corner. And then they unmask the ghost. Turns out he's obviously not actually a ghost, but the creepy janitor, Old Man Smithers. Mm, mm, mm. And he did this whole thing because Pamela Anderson turned him down for a date because he's a fucking incel. And then he says the classic, you know, and I would have gotten away with it. It wasn't for you meddling kids. Classic. Mm-hmm. Chef's kiss. <laughs> and the little salt sprinkle. So, you know, the news crew leaves. They're in front of the mystery machine. And Velma is pissed at Fred because he always takes the credit for her plans. Daphne is pissed because she's always getting kidnapped. 
And Shaggy, he's like a to- he's a hippie, he's a lover, and he explains to everyone that they all play an important role in the group, like an ice cream sundae, like a repulsive, weird ice cream sundae with like pastrami flavored ice cream, which he really lost me there. But he's spitting some fire. He's just trying to make everyone mm-hmm. feel valued. Yeah, and then Velma's like, you know what, Shaggy? Like you really put this whole thing into perspective. I quit, and you're like, Exc- excuse me. And Daphne is like, well, I quit too. And Fred does as well. And I'm like, literally, what the fuck? This all happened so fast. And Shaggy and Scoob are like, guys, come on. And they're just like sad boys. And Shaggy says, friends don't quit. Mm -hmm. I love Shaggy. And I really love Matthew Lillard. Like a young Matthew Lillard. He could totally play like captain of the football team. And I'd be like, you can captain my football team. (laughs) He's a chameleon. So then we cut to two years later, we see the mystery machine on like a beach in like Venice, probably. And Shaggy and Scoob are inside. You see like smoke coming out of the van. Obviously, they're getting blazed. But then you cut to inside and apparently they're making eggplant burgers on a grill. (laughs) But I'm like, this is a thinly veiled uh, metaphor. (laughs) They're obviously also getting blazed. And I think Shaggy even says, like, talk about toasted. And then he, like, pulls out hamburger buns. And you can also tell that they're high as hell because they're putting chocolate sauce and hot sauce on these eggplant burgers. It's so funny. It's just, like, I never noticed that until you told me that after we watched it. And I was like, (laughs) what? What? (laughs) My mind is blown. So as they're preparing their food, there are some knocks on the door and someone's looking for Shaggy. So Shag and Scoob freak the F out. They like try to take everything they can and get out of there. Shaggy's like, grab the Fudo and let's scramo. It turns out Mr. Mondavarius, aka Rowan Atkinson, sent this courier, right, to invite Scooby and Shaggy to Spooky Island. Ooh. To solve a mystery. But they're like, that's not really like us anymore. Like we have, you know, we're doing our own thing. And he's like, I will offer you $10,000. And they're like, no. And he's like, free airfare, free accommodations. Like it's basically a paid vacation. They're like, we're not really into materialism, man. (laughs) But then he offers them all you can eat food. And they're in. Yeah. So then we go to the airport and we see Velma. And then she bumps into Fred and it's, Very awkward. So Fred apparently has been on the lecture circuit for his new book, and Velma has been working at NASA. You kind of wonder how old they were when they were solving those Mm. crimes, because I'm like, Velma, how'd you get a job at NASA? And like, how are they letting you take time off to solve a problem on an island? (laughs) True. So they also run into Daphne, and it turns out they all got invited to Spooky Island by Mr. Mondavarius. We learn that Daphne's a black belt now. She's like, I'm a black belt now. I've transformed my body into a dangerous weapon. Fred is really intrigued by this because um, he is just like frothing at the mouth. He's like drooling. Mm-hmm. He's a pig. Yep. And Shaggy and Scooby <laughs> show up. And Scooby is in full drag. Like literally strutting, um, pretending to be Shaggy's grandma. 
I can like see Scooby walking down the runway on RuPaul and like in the voiceover. Yeah. It's like, I am giving you a grandmother fantasy with this whole ass Scooby snack or something <laughs> like, ridiculous like that. I can see it so clearly in my mind. It's like, I'm saying rut row to you, oh. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> oh my gosh. So everyone wants to bail and Shaggy tries to get them to work together. But nobody agrees because they want to do it individually. Even though everyone's a bad sport and they don't, like, put their hands in the center and share, like, one, two, three, ah. No one's like, what team Wildcats? No (laughs) one's saying that in this movie, okay? (laughs) So they got on the airplane. They're flying to the island on spooky air. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, they have their own plane to charter. I'm like, someone hook me up with Mr. Monteveris. Yeah. I'll marry an, ex- an eccentric millionaire. Mm. So basically everyone on the plane looks like they're a college kid on spring break. They're just chilling. There's a whole tiki bar on the plane, which I was, my, my mind was like blowing. A steam was coming out of my ears. It reminded me of those commercials for, um, uh, what airline is it? It's the one that goes to, it's either Abu Dhabi or this isn't ringing a bell. Or Dubai? Um, which airline? No, I don't know. I'm I'm doubting myself. I'll... Are you thinking of Sex in the City too, where they have like the bar on the plane? No, I'm thinking of like a real airline. I'm thinking of know. an airline commercial that I saw pretty recently. Mm. Oh, it's like Emirates airline. Oh yeah, Emirates. Yeah. Yeah, it is beautiful, mm-hmm. like gorgeous. Opulence. Opulence, luxury. Yeah, there appear to be, like, no flight attendants and, like, no seatbelt requirements because everyone's just, like, walking around the halls, like, switching seats, chilling and grilling. There are no rules on this plane. (laughs) So Shaggy and Scooby are eating, of course, and Scoob is still in drag, of course. And then walking down the aisle is Isla Fisher, and Shaggy sees her and he is immediately in love, and she asks to sit next to Shaggy's grandma, But she starts sneezing, which she's like, oh, that's weird because I'm usually only allergic to dogs. And then Shaggy says, like, oh, it could be my grandma's perfume. So he asks Scoob if he'll, like, go sit next to his aunt Velma or something. And Scoob is a good wingman, so he does get up and move. And that's, like, a true friend right there. I agree. Um, I also think Isla Fisher looks great with blonde hair. Mm. So Isla Fisher starts eating her dog treats like a full-on freak when there is a bar on the plane she like brings out her ziploc bag of dog treats okay picture that picture sitting next to a cute girl and being like oh oh okay but she's like they're 100 percent vegetarian don't make fun of me i'm quirky and shaggy's like i love to eat them also yeah. and they're a match made in heaven um her name is mary jane and shaggy's like that's my favorite name And I definitely didn't understand that when I was younger either at all. Oh, yeah. Right over my head. So Scooby goes and sits next to Fred and he sees a cat across the aisle and he starts barking because he's a dog. And um, (laughs) because he's a (laughs) fucking canine. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. On a plane dressed as a grandma. (laughs) And so Fred flicks Scooby's nose and then Scooby punches him in the face. So then they get to the island. It is, like, a very popular spot for college students to spring break at. There's, like, giant roller coasters and rides, bars, pools. It's, like, on the beach. 
it's stunning. Like, can you imagine an all-inclusive stay at Spooky Island? Like, that sounds like so much fun. My dream. I'm like, can I get an Airbnb on Spooky Island? Mm. We meet Rowan Atkinson, who's playing Monvarius, um, the island owner. I love Mr. Bean. Okay. <laughs> Very important note. Um, yeah. He needs their help because he believes someone is casting a spell on all the college students. They're arriving like really boisterous and they get drunk and they're like having a great time. But then the people who leave are like sober, unfeeling robots. Yeah. Yeah, we see this like really weird interaction where an arriving guest sees his friend who's like on her way off the island and she like talks to him like a robot and is very aggressive and then she like fully lifts him up and then throws him with like superhuman strength it's very upsetting i was upset yeah <laughs> and then daphne fred and velma all like run off separately to go and solve the mystery and mondavarius says that maybe they can all celebrate later with a little Spookapalooza. So later that night at the Spookapalooza, um, we see Velma asking a guy in a full-on skeleton costume if he's seen anything unusual. And it's like, I'm like, sweetie. Dude, everything is unusual. You're talking to a man in a skeleton costume. And then these like dancers appear and they do like some sort of culturally ambiguous dance. I'm like, is this Polynesian? Is this like a Maori dance? It's like vaguely Mexican. Like nobody knows. It seems appropriative. <laughs> it's so weird. It, it literally could be anything. Yeah. There's like fire and drums and grass skirts and skulls. It's it's a lot. And then we meet this guy. How do I pronounce his name? I don't want to mispronounce it. Nugu Tuana. Yeah. We meet him and his evil <laughs> best pal. <laughs> His evil best pal, who's dressed like a Mexican wrestler. His name is Zarcos, I guess, and apparently he was on Telemundo. Yeah, this is why I'm like, it really could be anything, because it's like this Mexican wrestler guy, but there's like yeah. a lot of voodoo in this movie. Yeah. And then there's it's also... It's kind of all over the place. Yeah, there's like a lot of tiki references, which I'm like, these are all separate things, friends. Yeah. These are all different yeah. cultures we're just taking, we're just cherry picking into this weird religious thing. Yeah. So, in the story that they tell at the Spookapalooza, they say, 10 years ago, a beast came to the island and antagonized the ancient beings by building a theme park. Hint, hint. And the creatures are furious about the partying, and they are plotting revenge. So the fire intensifies as the story is told, and we see the spirit of a demon inside of it. But Velma doesn't find any of it scary. She actually points out the, like, four holographic projectors around them. She's like, yeah, try me next time, bitch. Mm -hmm. So they go to Dead Mike's bar. They cut to whatever. And that's where Shaggy and Scooby are. When suddenly... There's a phone call, and the bartender's like, Mr. Dew? And this kid is like, Melvin Dew? And he's like, no. No, it's not your movie. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Poor Melvin Dew. I know. It's, it's a funny bit, though. It's, like, so good. Yeah. Um, so Scoob takes the phone, and he's like, row, row. There's a voice on the phone telling him that he has a bag of hamburgers and asks Scooby to go into the dark part of the forest where no one can see him to get the bag of hamburgers. And he's like, sounds good, sounds good. Perfect. Mm -hmm. I 
I love this call. I love this conversation. Um, mm. I will be there stat ASAP. Yeah, seems super legit. Meanwhile, Shaggy and Mary Jane are playing the claw machine and he wins her a shrunken head. And she's like, oh my God, nobody's ever given me a stuffed dismembered head before. And I'm like, ladies, listen up. If you think that a man will ever win you a dismembered stuffed head, you're dead wrong. I can tell you right now. You're dead wrong. Just go into Hot Topic and buy that shit yourself because you're dead Mm -hmm. wrong. Yeah. All right. Daphne, meanwhile, she's like not even having fun. She's like, I'm looking for clues. I'm on a freaking quest. So she walks along the beach where she sees a man performing rituals to a raw chicken. She goes up to him. It turns out it's a voodoo ritual, which Daphne has interrupted. He says he's sacrificing the chicken, even though it is already dead. It's like a raw store-bought chicken. This guy has a ton of quips for Daphne. He's like really throwing them at her, basically stripping her of her wig, as one would say. So he tells her that purple is a fall color and it's the middle of May. Rough. Because <laughs> she's like questioning what he's doing and stuff. And he's just like, what are you doing? What, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, so then he tells Daphne to, like, get off the island and go home before, quote, evil befalls her skinny, aerobicized booty. And he's like, no matter what, do not go into that creepy castle on that hill. And she's like, that's some reverse psychology. I'm going in there. She is, like, dead set, which is clearly the wrong choice. This dude is not trying to play with her. He's like, girl, what? Back to Scooby-Doo. He is in the forest following the signs to his hamburgers. We were in this moment where we realized he's truly just a dog. He mm-hmm. does not know any better. The fact that mm-hmm. he even spoke about this on the phone is really quite interesting and shows his intelligence. But at the end of the day, he is just a dog. So he comes across bag-labeled hamburgers. And as his doggy dog snout is in that bag a monster is like sneaking and creeping up behind him and then scooby has to like outrun the monster he like climbs up a tree and the monster follows him and then he like falls off the tree which then like flings the monster back into the distance there's like a lot of physical comedy going on here with these two cgi characters we can promise you it is very cool scene it is hard to relay physical comedy via Mm -hmm. podcast but just you know trust us close your eyes Mm -hmm. really imagine it okay get a feel for it so scooby runs back to shaggy and he tells him there's a monster he's like flipping out but shaggy doesn't believe him he does not believe what Scooby's saying, which is insane to me. He's blinded by love. He's definitely trying to act cool in front of Mary Jane. And she's like, I gotta go. And she leaves. So then Daphne calls Scooby and Shaggy over. And then she brings them to the spooky castle. Shaggy and Scooby are not at all keen on going in because spooky castles always have people watching you through paintings and then people inside suits of armor. And it's just like a no-go all around. But Daphne knows her audience and she bribes Scooby with some Scooby snacks and he enthusiastically agrees and Shaggy doesn't want to stay outside alone so he goes in too. So they're all inside the castle. It's super creepy and like very rustic but it's it's really just medieval is what I mean by rustic. And then Fred pops out of nowhere. Daphne is like, I have dibs, but it turns out he already found some clues and Velma is already there too. 
So Fred takes charge of the situation, of course, and he's like, we should all split up, gang. You go here, you go here. He says, I'll go with Daphne. And Velma says, typical, because she was always picked last for their teams. So Fred is like, I'm going to change it up. And he says that he'll go with Velma. Shaggy and Scooby stick together and Daphne is on her own. So Shaggy and Scooby find this like big banquet dining hall and Shaggy's like, it's like a medieval sizzler. And then we cut back to Fred and Velma and he like apologizes for always picking her last. And she says that it's fine. And she knows that he only cares about swimsuit models. And Fred is like, hey, I'm a man of substance. Dorky chicks like you turn me on too. Good job, Fred. Like, do you want a medal? Like, yeah, you've really humanized yourself here. Yeah, he belongs on um, awards for good boys. One of my favorite Instagrams. (laughs) I can just imagine like a little um, stick figure face with like an ascot (laughs) on it. Yeah. So as they're searching around the castle, obviously the eyes of a painting start, you know, moving back and forth. But it isn't the painting. It's an insidious park worker. And he's looking at them and, like, spying on them and decides to pull the lever that starts the ride in the castle. So Daphne kicks open a door and she gets hit with a cart from the ride. This, like, haunting animatronic situation is set in motion and everyone has to fend for their lives. Yeah, so Shaggy and Scooby are, like, apprehended by these, like, plastic sausages that, like, pop up from the table. Daphne is, like, zooming through the hall on this cart. Uh, Fred and Velma are trapped in this passageway that has these axes like swinging back and forth towards them all around. It's just like a huge ass mess. Um, Fred almost gets sliced by an axe, but Velma then like passes him a book, which he holds in front of his chest because, you know, physics don't exist. And he goes flying through this window when the axe hits him and it's like actually right into the control room and he turns the power lever off with his booty. So the ride stops. Thank God everyone is safe because of Fred's booty. God bless. (laughs) God bless America for the booty. (laughs) They find a secret passageway and it's like a school classroom setup. Then they see a training video. It's very Stepford Wives, kind of like a step-by-step guide about how to be a teenager. And it's like the do's and don'ts of polite interaction. The language is quite odd, though, so, like, Christina and I will just give you, like, a flavor, like, a little taste Mm. of what that was like. Yo, did you catch that new vid on the box? Yeah, I'm up to sizz-nuff on all popular trends. Word. Gag me. Yeah, I was like, I am am unwell. I'm gonna have to leave. I need a doctor's note. So, meanwhile, Daphne enters this room and finds this, like, relic on a podium, and it has a bunch of inscriptions in it. So she grabs the relic, but when she takes it off the podium, the floor starts to, like, rise up and trap her in this, like, pyramid, but she makes it out just in time. Meanwhile, in another room, Shaggy and Scooby um, have found, like, a fake kitchen area. It kind of looks like the background where they filmed the training videos. And they have a massive burp and fart off. Could never be me. It is not for me. I do not, like, forcibly... Um, exiting air out of my body. No. It sounds like a recipe for disaster, honestly. 
But it is impressive, you know. Dog really is man's best friend. And Daphne comes in just as Shaggy is, like, blasting a multi-minute fart. Just, like, with different, like, volume levels and, like, pressure. Mm. It's shocking how long it goes on for. So then the insidious worker that has, like, made all this shit happen runs and he hits the alarm bell in the castle. And then a bunch of, like, goons and henchmen roll up and Mystery Inc. reunites. They trade clues. Daphne is, like, showing them the relic that she found. And they hide amongst all these statues while the bad guys, like, bust in. And they, like, figure out that the gang stole this relic, which is actually called the Daemon Ritus. Yeah, they are very displeased. The Telemundo mm-hmm. wrestler Sarcos is quite unhappy. And they're just like, the gang is standing there pretending to be statues. But like, towards the end, Shaggy just like rips one more fart. And there's like this weird cauldron in the scene <laughs> that they're impersonating. And the fire just like goes ablaze. Velma almost lost her eyebrows. Yeah. So then Mystery Inc. flees back to the hotel. And when they get to the lounge, they find Mondavarius and they tell him who their three suspects are, which are Nigu, the voodoo man, and Mondavarius himself. So Fred decides to go and interview people. Velma is going to go and decode the Damon Ritus, and Daphne is like, I'm going to go research cults on the net. And for some reason that will never make sense to me, Velma decides to decode the Damon Ritus at the bar instead of in her hotel room dog like in the bar with people around at a normal ass volume level i just don't understand i i don't understand it sometimes okay of course nagu sees and he goes like to sit down at the piano and he's like playing the piano right nearby just listening in and the cutie who talked to Velma at the Spookapalooza sits down next to her and starts chatting. And he's like, what are you up to? What are you doing? Which is weird to me because I'm like, he actually doesn't end up being like a bad guy. But mm. I'm like, why are you telling him about this secret language? You're like have the Rosetta Stone or something and you're just like <laughs> revealing everything to him. Also, in the deleted scenes during this part, she gets up on the table and sings like, I love you, baby, and if it's quite all right. But she's like really drunk. And um, it's honestly like a great physical, just like weird moment. Mm-hmm. For What's that actor's name? Uh, Linda Cardellini. Yeah. She does a great job. She has mm-hmm. such a good range. Yeah. But anyway, she tells this guy everything she knows about it. So Nagu now knows everything about the Damon Ritus. And the indie dude is into her, but she's really not picking up on on it because in the original script, she likes women. Okay? Mm-hmm. So while she's talking to this indie cutie dude, she like tells a story about the gang back in the day and we get a little flashback scene and we see Mystery Inc., the mystery machine, having a grand old time, but then Scrappy-Doo pops up. He's like a teeny tiny chihuahua-sized dog and he's like annoying as hell. Nobody wants to deal with him. He fucking like pees on Daphne. It's gross. He's making the vibes go rancid in the mystery Mm -hmm. machine he has like a phrase he's like puppy power 
power. Puppy power. We get it. So he gives them an ultimatum and they have to accept him as the leader of the gang or else he is leaving. So they literally throw him out like in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Then we go back to present day and Scoob is like chilling by this window. They're all like clapping for Nagu, the piano man. And he sees um, one of the monsters like through the window and he freaks the fuck out. He like runs into the lobby screaming like, there's a monster. And Fred is like, you're an embarrassment. There's no such thing as monsters. And then immediately after saying that, a monster like busts the fuck in and blows his nasty green like demon breath right in Fred's face, which makes him pass out. And then more monsters show up. Yeah, it's complete chaos right now. Velma drops her glasses and she's like scuttling around on the floor to find them. The monster hands them to her. But Velma isn't even phased. She's like, okay, whatever, and tries to take off its mask. And then she realizes that the monster isn't wearing a mask. It's actually a monster. And the monster blows his stank breath in Velma's face and she's knocked out. Um, the indie dude tries to save her, which I'm like, it's very sweet of you, you nice angel man, but he mm -hmm. gets taken too. Yeah, so then Nagu and Daphne both go for the Damon Ritus, but Daphne gets it first, and then Mondavarius also gets taken by the monster. Scooby tries to escape in a suitcase, but the monster finds him, and then he does this, like, cute little bit where he's, like, polishing the monster's nails and, like cuts them and stuff so that he can't hurt him and he just like runs away so he finds shaggy and daphne and mary jane and is pushing them down the hallway on a luggage cart they end up going flying through this window but they manage to land on the awning yeah, so the monsters have, like, taken over the entire island, and we see them, like, dragging guests away by their feet, and Daphne's like, oh, we need to follow them so we can save Fred and Velma, and Shaggy wants to bail, because he is scared. And they find the monster's hiding place, which is, like, a cave that has this, like, armored door that they can't get into. Yeah, Mary Jane decides to call the Coast Guard and says their friends were kidnapped, and they say that a unit will meet them at the pier. But the spooky ooky ooky Coast Guard dude laughs, and he's all creepy, and it's, like, green lighting and the Coast Guard thing, and it turns out everyone is in on it, and no one shows up. So the next morning, they wake up on the beach and they see that like everything is back to normal on, on Spooky Island. All the damage is gone. People are just like partying. Sugar Ray is performing at the pool. Remember Sugar Ray? I sure do. <laughs> and then they decide that they're going to split up so they can find Fred and Velma. The lead singer of Sugar Ray serenades Daphne and she's like kind of into it. And then she sees his eyes like suddenly start glowing. And she's like, oh, this, this, this is sus. Something's going on here. Totally. And this is confirmed when they find Fred speaking in that weird um, slang. This is like how all of the writers on the CW think that kids talk. Literally. It's embarrassing. So Fred's possessed and the wrestler, Zarkos, finds Daphne and apprehends her. Fred starts chasing after Shaggy and Scooby with his friends and that includes Sugar Ray because <laughs> Sugar Ray is possessed too. Shaggy and Scooby hop on some ATVs and they speed off and Mary Jane hops on Shaggy's ATV. But Scoob looks over and as Mary Jane's face hits this like branch, it like turns into this weird slimy 
like malleable thing and like her eyes are glowing green and scooby's like you are freaking her a demon too i see her like messed up demonic face i'm like low-key she looks like caitlin bennett but actually she does Uh, yeah just go find that one part go rent it so you can see that one part like the hair the face the evil eyes it's all there so although they escape they get to the demon hideout scooby is like barking at mary jane because um he knows that she's possessed and she's a man in a mask and shaggy is beset he's like back off so they get into a little fight and scooby ends up falling through a trap door and shaggy wants to follow him but mary jane is like no shaggy in her demon voice but shaggy at the heart of it is a true friend and he is like i have to go so he jumps after scooby and he falls through the trap door to landing in an underground cave so shaggy then finds this like glowing pool with a bunch of floating ghost heads in liquid it kind of looks like in hercules when he goes to the underworld and sees like all the souls of the dead swimming around and one of the heads is velma's and she calls out to shaggy so he pulls her head out and she asks him to let go of her head so that she can go back to her body and says that he needs to get out of there before they steal his protoplasm too so he lets go of her head and it goes flying out of there she finds her body and like jumps back into it and then this monster that was inside of her jumps out and then explodes because he's in sunlight and it's like some major twilight vibes with the sparkling in the sunlight yes so next, Shaggy finds Fred's protoplasma, the little protoplasm as well. And Fred is like, oh my god, someone must have spiked my root beer. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Fred. Um, so he sends Fred flying too. And he's about to get back into his body when the door closes to the room that like Fred's body is in. And he starts bouncing around. Shaggy finds Daphne's protoplasm, but she wants to find her own way out of the vat. And he's like absolutely not and sends her off to find her body too velma ends up finding daphne's body and pushes her into a room and her protoplasm goes flying back into the into like the human figure and that monster jumps out and velma now knowing that they're unable to survive in sunlight opens the shades and lets the sun in and this demon explodes as well But it turns out that it wasn't Daphne's protoplasm that flew into her body. It was Fred's. A grave error. Yep. And then Daphne's protoplasm had to go into Fred's body. And Fred is like, oh my god, like, I can look at myself naked. And I'm like, Fred, don't be a fucking creep. Come on. And so they all reunite. And honestly, Freddie Prince Jr.'s acting here is really good when he's pretending to be Daphne. I think it's like a spot on. Like the physicality is A+. So then Shaggy shows up with the Damon Ritus, which causes everybody's spirit to like jump out. And then they keep like scrambling and going back and forth into each other's bodies. But eventually they end up back in their original bodies. I really just feel like I'm watching a masterclass in physical comedy. The gags are never-ending. They just keep them coming. After everyone gets their protoplasm back, they hear an explosion. The voodoo guy from before is trying to do a ritual to protect his house because the demons are going to do the Darkopolis ritual. Ooh. 
<laughs> which Velma finds the details of that ritual in the Daemon Ritus. It's where apparently the leader absorbs people's souls for energy, but he needs to absorb a purely good soul to complete the ritual. And once the ritual is done, then the monsters will rule the world for the next 10,000 years. And they realize that it couldn't possibly be a human soul because no human souls are pure except for Scooby-Doo. They're like, oh my god, he's a sacrifice. And like, it turns out that the leader is the person who brought them all to the island. Mm -hmm. Mondavarius. So then we cut to Mondavarius's office and he's like chatting up Scooby. He's manipulating him and he asks him to be the sacrifice, which Scooby, of course, agrees to because he is a dog and he does not understand the ramifications. I cannot stress this enough. He is a canine. A yeah. canine. Back on the beach, Shaggy is like, we have to go save Scooby-Doo. But Fred is like, dog, we don't really know about all this. We just do the monsters that are fake. Um, we can't really handle real monsters. But he's like, I'm going to eat a Scooby snack and I'm going to save my best pal because Shaggy is the goat. And they decide to reunite. Everyone gets a freaking pep talk and they're ready to go. Velma's like, let's get jinky with it. And I really wish they cut that line, but they didn't. <laughs> yeah, that, that could have been left in the original draft. So then we have this little montage that kind of shows like the plan that they have. They install this like disco ball that's in the shape of a skull at the top of like the cave and they say that they're going to release it during the ritual and it'll reflect all the sunlight that'll then kill the monsters. Yes, they seem to have it all figured out. And just as they're about to finish and wrap up everything that they're doing, Shaggy gets his cable stuck on something and he goes flying when Fred and Velma hit the ground. And he breaks like the grappling hook. Daphne slams against the wall. Shaggy ends up tackling a guard and knocking him out. So then the ritual begins, the brainwashed people enter, they're doing this like very elaborate choreographed dance. Um, we see Mondavarius and Zarkos walk in and Shaggy ends up like changing into the guard's clothing. And there's like all this physical comedy where he's like pretending to do the dance and is like accidentally punching the guard behind him while he's dancing. It's very entertaining. Just mm -hmm. picture it. Close your eyes and picture it. But yeah, so they didn't really get the chance to leave after putting in this like plan and like hooking everything up. So Fred and Velma have been trying to blend in by doing this ritual dance, but they clearly don't know the intricate choreography. And when everyone stops at the same time, they totally miss the cue. And Fred is like, oh no. And they get like the attention drawn to them and he's like, uh, well, you guys forgot the electric slide part, you know? Ooh, ah. And it is a really good moment. Maybe, maybe one of my favorite Fred moments in the movie. So they're apprehended, and Montevarius thanks them for returning the Damon Ritus. Mm -mm -mm. So then they bring in Scooby, the sacrifice, and Shaggy is disguised as one of the henchmen that's carrying, like, the platform that Scooby is on and he like talks him down. He apologizes. There's this, like this really heartwarming moment between Scooby and Shaggy because they are at the end of the day, two trippy peas in a far out pod, man, a direct quote. And you know, they're like, you know what? Best friends trust each other. Let's blow this popsicle stand. But it's too late. 
and Scooby Souls pulled from his body with some weird metal pinchers that have an oddly intricate design on them. They look like they're almost supposed to be relics, but that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> so Mondavarius absorbs the energy sources, and he's like, ah, oh, the protoplasm. But Shaggy runs, and he grabs the pincher with Scooby's soul, and Mondavarius gets knocked out. Scooby's soul is returned to his body. Velma and Fred go over to Mondavarius' body, and they see that he's wearing a mask. So we're like, what the frick? And they remove it, and it's like all a bunch of like wires and metal stuff, and they're like, Mondavarius is a robot? But then his stomach starts to like bubble and move and like gets ripped open and it is none other than Scrappy Puppy Power Dew. Oh crap. Scrappy starts turning into a giant powerful being because he sucked up all that protoplasm. He's like, all I need now is your soul, Scooby-Doo. And Scooby's like, don't you mean Melvin Dew? And Melvin Dew is like fucking a he's a zombie. His eyes are like purple. Oh my god. Poor Melvin Dew. He like just wanted to have a good fun vacation and literally got sucked into all this garbage. So they run away and Daphne has like escaped from the cave and she gets on the roof because she wants to open up the vents so she can let the sunlight in, which will kill the monsters. But Zarkos, Telemundo wrestler man, apprehends her. A lot of people get apprehended in this movie. Yeah. Meanwhile, giant Scrappy-Doo is chasing Scooby to get his protoplasm. Shaggy and Scooby run into Mary Jane, who holds them both in like a chokehold and tries to make them pass out with their the weird monster breath, but they're immune because they're two disgusting boys. <laughs> so Scrappy is on the verge of stealing Scooby's soul. And then back on the roof, Zarkos and Daphne are fighting, and it turns out that she really is a black belt, and she knows what she's doing. And Zarkos almost kills Daphne, but then she, like, bites down on his hand and, like, gets out of his hold, and she kicks him into the vent. So he falls, like down back into the cave and he lands on like that vat that has everyone's souls in it and so everybody's souls like go rushing out and re-enter their body which lets all the monsters out of them and then daff releases the crystal ball and it shines through all the sunlight and the monsters explode one by one at this point in the movie i'm wondering like so do all the people who already flew home they just like are screwed yeah <laughs> Like that sucks. I never thought about that. So Shaggy grabs the pincher and rips the Daemonritus off of Scrappy's chest, and he starts turning back into his tiny little puppy state. And Scooby slaps him. He like is knocked out because he's a tiny little puppy. So everyone is back to normal. Daphne repels down and she meets Fred. They like have a little congratulations chat. They share a charged look before they kiss. Once again, Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar are couple goals for life. Shaggy finds the real Monvarius in an underground prison where he was held for two years, okay? Um, <laughs> apparently two years ago, Scrappy showed up for an audition. 
to play like one of the parts on the island and the next thing you know he's a mechanical costume pretending to be Mr. Mondavarius so very cute very quirky mm-hmm. poor Mondavarius has like hair down to his knees and a giant like ZZ top beard at this point so then Velma reunites with the indie cutie guy from the bar and he like clearly wants to kiss her, but she brushes it off and like punches in his shoulder instead because, you know, she's supposed to be a lesbian, but they had to cut that, I guess. I'm like, why? Like, this could have been a movie ahead of its time, but mm-hmm. instead they're like, no, we gotta dumb it down for ya. Yeah. Scooby and Shaggy hug and they say that they love each other. Um, and Mary Jane thanks Shaggy for saving her. And they almost kiss, but she sneezes because of her puppy allergy. And Shaggy and Mary Jane and Scooby all hug each other. So then the Coast Guard finally decides to show up and all these reporters come to the island and they once again ask Fred how he solved the case, but he passes that mic to Velma, the real mastermind. He has learned, he has grown, finally. She explains that together they found the culprit, Scrappy, and Shaggy's like, no reason to freak out like a jerk and try and kill all humanity, man. Some of Shaggy's lines leave a little to be desired, you know? And by a little, I mean much to be desired. Mm -hmm. So Scrappy and Nagu Tuana are taken away. So the news crew asks if they'll investigate Mudbog Ghoul, the villain who's been terrorizing London next. The Mystery Inc. crew is back together. It's a celebration for the ages. Spooky Island is safe once again. Yeah, then we have this little, like, post-movie credit scene where Scooby and Shaggy are finally getting to gorge themselves on all the food at Spooky Island. Well deserved after such hard work. Mm-hmm. So Shaggy is like, I'm going to eat this really hot pepper, and he puts it in his mouth. Nightmare fuel. And then Scooby swallows the entire jar of peppers, and he loses his goddamn mind. Um, It's steaming hot. He slams this metal plate on his head over and over, which is my favorite part. Because he's freaking out. Yeah, and then Shaggy, like, pulls his tongue out and puts a bunch of ketchup on it to soothe the burn. And then he's like, was that good, Scoob? And Scoob's like, yeah. And they're like, let's do it again then. And they both eat jars of really hot peppers. And I'm like, oh, c'est magnifique. Mm. And yet another chef's kiss. Beautiful final note. Yeah, so what are some of your final thoughts? My final thoughts... People be loving to slam doors in my home. (laughs) This is what I've learned today. No, they just don't make movies like this anymore. There's so much, like, physical comedy, right? And, like, amazing Mm -hmm. characterization. And that's coupled with just, like, super quippy, funny moments that don't have to be built up throughout the entire movie. Like, I feel like if you just even watch certain scenes from this movie, you would still have such, like, an enjoyable time. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just like an all-around good time. The absurd humor, I feel like, is something you really don't see that often anymore in like mainstream media. It's just like on the internet now instead. Kind of like what we were talking about before with like SpongeBob and movies like that. And culture and stuff like that. Yeah. And it made me think, honestly, of like the live-action George of the Jungle, which is so like self-aware and there's a lot of like direct address to the camera that reminded me a lot of this movie and I feel like it probably came out around the same time as well just like these live action remakes of children's cartoons that were like so wacky 
I miss the days of like simpler comedy. I think mm-hmm. it was a good time. Like I feel like on Cartoon Network there was like Flapjack. I guess I feel like Adventure Time has a bad rap now, but like there's like Flapjack, Adventure Time, and um Chowder. Those were like very key, funny cartoons mm-hmm. that I remember. I feel like when I think of Cartoon Network, I think of like <laughs> Courage the Cowardly Dog and Dexter's Lab. Those and are definitely like the older ones, yeah. What was his name? He had like the blonde hair. Johnny something. Bravo. Yeah, I was like, it's not bananas. It's oh, not and Bahamas. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Bravo. Of course, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Mm, yeah. I'm realizing because Phil, my boyfriend, didn't have cable growing up. I'm like, has he never gotten to enjoy like Ed, Ed, Ed Eddie and like Johnny Bravo and Dexter? So fucking sucks. Yeah, it's hard. I was talking to um, somebody the other day about how like having gaps in like your tv knowledge and stuff from like when we were all kids comes up a lot more than you would think when you're growing up because like i grew up in asia Mm -hmm. and when i was living in china before i moved to singapore we like didn't have cable or tv or anything because they didn't have that in 2000 in china so i have like these really big gaps of cartoons that i've like never seen before and i really didn't think it would come up as like somebody in my 20s why is this always what we're fucking talking about (laughs) yeah it's really wild how like formative and prevalent they still are today totally yeah i mean i remember waking up really early to like go watch cartoons and stuff i watched a lot of uh what's the one with the mouse called tom and jerry Mm. i wasn't allowed to watch tom and jerry because it was too violent (laughs) It was pretty violent for sure, but... Yeah, I also wasn't allowed to watch Power Rangers because my mom thought it was too violent, but I don't think it was... I don't know, I've never seen it, so I don't know, but it's not my understanding that it's super violent or anything. I can't remember too much about the Power Rangers, but I do remember being the pink Power Ranger once for Halloween, and it was my all-time favorite costume because it was like full bodysuit and a mask, and I felt like very anonymous. Mm, That's dope. So what do you think for this movie? Would you rate it all together? Um... I did really enjoy it. I think it's a very funny movie. I mean, it's not like my favorite movie of all time. And, you know, like there's not like a super big moral to it other than like friendship. But I think it's funny. I think I would probably give it like a seven. Yeah. When we initially talked about this, I rated it like way higher than a seven. I think I said like eight and a half or nine. Like I said something like pretty really (laughs) shockingly high. But then Christina was like, okay, well, like think about it because it's like a good movie, but it's not. Like, when I think of a Cinderella story or even Legally Blonde, I'm like, I learned, like, I changed my mm-hmm. my formative, like, personality was changed. <laughs> um, so I think we're going to meet in the middle at 7.5. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Um, I hope you. you enjoyed it. Like we said, we would absolutely love if you left us a little review on Apple Podcasts. A little like, a little subscribe. Yeah, we're available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podbean, like wherever you are, we're there. You can find us. Totally. Just search it up. You Google it. You ask Jeeves and we're on it. You can also follow us on Instagram. It's movies that raised us. You can follow us on Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. Yeah, we love you guys. We love that you listen to this. I hope you have a great evening or morning. Or, yeah. <laughs> or middle of the day. Or afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, we hope you're having a good 
time. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Raised Us. We are Bo and Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.